Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and with Kim. And we're all together. We are. We are in a virtual sense, but that's, that's kind right. of the way the world is. So yes. <laughs> that's, that's okay. We will celebrate our togetherness. Yeah. So let's see. Today, we want to get real practical with you. And we want to name what is sometimes an elephant in the room. And we're not afraid to talk about it. So today, we're going to talk about what happens when you hit the middle point of your semester and you say, yeah, uh, how's this working out for us? Maybe not so well. Are we allowed to consider making some changes? Wait, wait, you mean everybody's life doesn't go exactly perfect and every piece of curriculum doesn't work exactly the way you thought it was? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So plan as we might and prepare as we might. And even if we're veterans and we've done this homeschooling thing a whole bunch of years, sometimes it's not going so well and we get you know, six, eight, ten weeks into the school year, and we say, wow, this piece of curriculum is not working, or wow, this co-op sounded so great, and it's really making us all crazy, or wow, who knew that uh, the sports team was going to make it to the playoffs and the finals and the whatevers, and now our schedule is just crazy. So, you know, stuff happens. And that's the elephant in the room. Like, oh, life, didn't, life didn't go perfectly, and we got to get that elephant addressed. Yeah. So the elephant is we need to change things, and mm-hmm. it's just partway into the year. And that friends is okay. So first thing we're going to do is say, take a deep breath and never underestimate the power of a good deep breath. (laughs) Because it's stressful, right? I mean, when you look around and you say, no, no, but, but I, but I bought this curriculum, we have to use it or, but, but we signed up for this thing, this class or this co-op, we we have to do it. And uh, it's very stressful. So yeah, we got to give ourselves permission to admit that something's not working and then to figure out what we're gonna do about it. Maybe maybe we need to start with a, a three minute meditation with Sabrina talking in her quiet <laughs> Oh, there you go. I do have my, my, pretty, my pretty groovy, soothing voice, yes. Oh, I love that part of your voice. It's okay, homeschool sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the options? I mean, we could just throw our hands up in the air and say, Okay, never mind. We're not homeschooling. This is a terrible idea. (laughs) But if we don't actually want to respond quite that dramatically, what are some of the options when you realize that your homeschool year is not going the way it needs to go? Well, let's let's start with the most obvious one, and that is the schedule just didn't work. Like we had this great plan, and we were going to do math from eight to nine, and science from nine to ten, and everything was going to be perfect. And the schedule got flipped on its head because of sports, or grandma got sick, or we had to move to California, or something <laughs> came up. So. Where should we start when we need to revamp the schedule? Well, one of our favorite things is just to take a giant step backward and to pray before you try to actually get real practical anyway. Absolutely. It's actually the most practical thing to do, right? Is to start with prayer. Absolutely. 
like Kim says, first lesson always. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then I would suggest that the second step after you've talked to the Lord about it is to talk to your whole family about it because homeschooling is not just an educational choice. It is a lifestyle. It affects everybody. Oh my, yeah. You know, sometimes you just have to tear up the calendars or just erase everything off of your Google calendar and sit down with your teens, especially, and say, okay, that wasn't working. Let's revamp and get their buy-in on it. Because mm -hmm. sometimes they have an idea once the year gets started where their energy is and what they need more time on. And they didn't know that ahead of time. Right. And so, you know, at a mid-year, it's a good time to recalibrate. Right. And sometimes you just might need to reboot one subject or one area. And sometimes you need to kind of do a major reboot. And it, it really does help to have everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. So one of your touch points that you want to go back to at a time like this is your overall goals. And if you have never set goals for the four years of high school, we're not talking just like, well, we're going to do geometry in this grade and not, not the specific one year at a time goals, but the overall goals. Why are you homeschooling high school? What are you hoping to see when your kid flips that tassel at graduation? Are you hoping to have prepared him or her for adulting? <laughs> are you um, looking toward lots of independent uh, study skills as, as they're heading to college? Are you looking for someone who is prepared to uh, do lots of service? Perhaps they're heading into the military or into ministry or missions. There, there are so many different things and you'd need to have some overarching goals in mind. And certainly character goals are a huge part of that. So one of the things that you can do at this point, if you don't have those goals written, is to write them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to write them when your kid is in their senior year. It's better to do it then than to never do it at all. It's mm -hmm. still going to provide help for the decisions you're trying to make. Absolutely. And then as you look at those character issues, in particular, those character goals, if you find that the schedule you've been trying to maintain is undermining the development of those, those non-academic areas, you need to really pay attention to that. That's super mm -hmm. important information. Yeah, so in, in the goals to make sure that you know which goals have the highest priority sometimes the character goals are much more important than the math goals or the high powered honors chemistry goals or things like that. Although just like our friends, the Fletchers always said, we have goals, but we're not in charge of the outcome. That's right. Oh yeah. Yep. So we hold them, we hold them graciously. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's good to kind of look at, are the students' goals and the parents' goals lining up? You know, are they overall goals that you set together or did you each set some goals? Maybe, maybe you have three goals that are common, you know, to both of you, but maybe the student actually has a goal that's not so much something that's mom or dad driven, but that's very student driven and is very important. That sort of thing does often come up with students who are very athletic or who are dancers or um, actors. And sometimes the students desire to pursue that sport or that area of fine arts may be significantly higher priority for them than it is for parents. And there's not a right way to handle that. There's not one right way to parent, you know, but having those conversations is definitely important. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so what if it is not the schedule? And what if the goals are what they need to be? And what if priorities are primarily in place? But what you have is an overall curriculum fail. Um, maybe you've done curriculum in a box up to this point. You know, you've done seventh grade from such and such a publisher, and that worked. And you did eighth grade from such and such a publisher, and that worked. And you're doing ninth grade from that same publisher, and y'all just hate it. It's not mm -hmm. working. What do you do when your whole curriculum is kind of in one place, but you say, wow, this is just no longer meeting our needs? Yeah. Anybody ever have that happen to them? <laughs> I think we all have. I know I have. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember one with my youngest, too. We had um, found a math curriculum that we adored in middle school. And when each of them got to ninth grade, they just didn't like it anymore. And it was so sad, especially after having invested financially in that ninth grade math to go like, you know what, this is going to be a miserable year. And it's so hard to learn when you're miserable. So it might be worth just tossing it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, because it, it's, it's just money, and that's that sounds really, really, really callous. But it's like, but it doesn't. Go ahead. <laughs> it, what we did is we we tossed it, and we found a curriculum that met those kids' needs for that time. And because there's not one right way to homeschool, and we get you know what worked with math with my oldest didn't work with my second, and when we got to the last two, it was just completely different. So it's, to me, the financial loss was, was not as important as what they would gain educationally. When it's a textbook, the cool thing is, is you can hand that textbook to like your umbrella school library or put it up in the Facebook group for your local homeschool community and see who you could donate it to or sell it to. Some curriculum, you can't do that, but some textbooks you can. And that's, so sometimes you recuperate your money and sometimes the peace of mind is more important than the finances. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking the whole time you've been talking is, okay, we hate seeing that dollar amount on it, but what what is your peace of mind really worth? And there are times that we say, wow, we just really need to do this cool thing together as a family. And yes, it's going to cost $60 and that, you know, it's, things are a little tight, a little snug, whatever we can do, but we're going to do that because this is, this is really important for us right now. And honestly, there's a lot of value in saying, okay, I spent whatever I spent on this textbook, but it is worth that money to get an environment back into our homeschool where we can actually learn in this subject area. Oh, so true. So true. We had a time where I bought a piece of curriculum at a conference or a convention that I was absolutely convinced was going to be a wonderful fit for our family. And I brought it home and I told everybody about it and how great it was. And I had four children who all decided that they were not the slightest bit interested. And so I did just what you suggested, Vicki. I just passed it along to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And as much as I really wanted to do that curriculum, I think it would not have made sense. Perhaps it would have been something. They would have tried it a little bit and said, oh, yeah, I really like it. But we had other things we were struggling with, and I thought, I'm not adding that to that list. There you go. It, it can be wise. Sometimes, too, along with that, with curriculum, you know, in high school, 
we help our teens set goals for their academic rigor. So a college-bound teen in particular will want to build some honors courses in the area of their interest at least. And sometimes as the kids go through an honors level course, which are very rigorous, they find they hate the course. Mm. And in order to get through it, one of the wisest things to do is to bring the level down and Mm -hmm. let them readdress, you know, if, hey, maybe you wouldn't like the college major after all, or, you know, maybe we can level up something else somewhere else or do some cool volunteer work that gives the transcript sparkle. But the ability and the right to level down when we need to is really important. Okay, so what about a totally different kind of situation? We've talked about the schedule, making things just not work. We've talked about a piece of curriculum or multiple pieces of curriculum just making the schedule not work. What about a group, a club, a class that we have committed to? Because now we're not just talking about making a change for what's best for our homeschool, but we have to recognize that there is going to be impact on other families in that community. Absolutely. What are some wise things to think through? Because we're not, we're not taking that one off the table. There are times when you simply have to say, yeah, we're going to have to quit this co-op or whatever, um, even though it's going to be hard. And we're going to try to exit as gracefully as possible Mm -hmm. and make as little extra work for others as we can. And we're going to try to communicate well. Yeah, that's a tough situation because like you said, it's affecting other people, but there are times where it is in the best interest of your kids to say, oh, this isn't wise for us. This is not going to be a good fit. So, uh, and to role model for them the the humility of backing out. Mm-hmm. So, and, and sometimes it also is the, the humility of staying in on something that you don't like all that much, yeah. but it's, it's an important fortitude kind of building thing. So uh, the only way around figuring out how to do that, in my opinion, is just you pray about it first. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe counsel with another wise friend who you trust before you go, you know, making a big decision that's going to affect other people. So certainly pray, discuss it with you, within your family but maybe there's one other person or family who's a part of this co-op or another, you know, mom or dad from this team or whatever it is. So you can think about it a little bit more from a different perspective. Yeah, I think we've all had those situations where our kids have been in a group class or a co-op and it just was not, it's just not going to be the thing. It was mm-hmm. going to work. And to ease out of it in the most gracious way possible But that shows our kids that they are priority. Mm. And I also know that there are times where I've had the kid complaining, you know, I don't like the way way Mrs. Smith teaches so-and-so. And And you go like, well, this is good for your your character development. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And that comes back to those goals and priorities. When something is getting the job done, even if the kid or all of us are crazy about it, then it is an opportunity to work on perseverance and Mm -hmm. to work on uh, being kind in the face of uh, discomfort or whatever. But if you first look at whether whether this can fit with your overall priorities, then you're going to be in a position to make a wise choice, even if that means a hard end to something. Yeah. Then if you do need to make some changes, 
then you want to make sure that you're being communicative clearly with folks. You teach your children, and as you mentioned earlier, Sabrina, that whole exiting gracefully. So what does this look like? So you can show your kids, well, we're going to communicate with the people so we're not leaving somebody expecting us to show up to something or expecting us to do this thing. You're going to make sure that you at least communicated that you can't fulfill your responsibilities if not handed them off to someone else or what have you and kind of show them the, uh, the, the way to do that gracefully. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. Wow. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. That's so cool. <laughs> All right. So final situation that we have uh, been in ourselves or have seen friends in our local community over the decades. What if things aren't working because, well, as long as we're going to talk about elephants in the room, what if our kid is having a bad year and the attitude is such that nothing we try seems to suit and there's just constant headbutting? What do we do? Oh, we've never had that. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Give up. That's what you do. You just give up. Yeah, you just yeah. you just give up. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I would sort of like when you wash your hair, it's like lather, rinse, repeat. You know, kind of thing on the shampoo bottle. I, I would say, you know, pray, breathe, repeat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just keep keep doing whatever is working right, and certainly again those honest conversations with our kids. And sometimes it's a long term situation and one little conversation you know we're not we don't live in that sitcom where in 20 however many minutes you know everything goes from terrible to all resolved and everybody loves each other again right but just being being honest about where it is and not trying to pretend it's not going on mm-hmm. i think it's really huge mm-hmm. and that's it is it takes a lot of again prayer because uh moms need to be very aware that teenagers may have more going on than their attitude lets you know about. Mm. So, you know, sometimes a teen with a really horrible attitude or a really bad year academically, like, you know, they're capable of doing these things and they're just not getting it done or they're underperforming. Maybe there's more going on. Maybe there's some anxiety or panic or depression. Yeah, I know in this era of the the pandemic, where so many kids, I mean, our families, everybody's been through quarantines, sometimes teenagers get some real stuckness, you know, and it's, oh, yeah. it really turns into um, not being able to perform, that it turns into depression and anxiety, and they just really can't concentrate. In those times, then that you can't wish that away. Mm, right yeah you can't ignore it away and so to get them some support that they need is like you're role modeling to them for the rest of their lives if you need help you ask for it Mm. and uh, and to find that help for them Mm -hmm. yes and if you don't feel like you can have that conversation with your kid because there's been too many headbutts recently then first include some food because food always makes hard conversations a little bit easier and include a third living, breathing body. And it belongs to somebody that you both like and trust. It doesn't have to be a professional counselor necessarily. It doesn't. But if you're talking about just having that conversation to try to find out, is there something more going on here? If there is somebody that you both like and trust who can join you for some French fries 
at a socially distant table, <laughs> you know, each have your own fries, but what, whatever it is, but try to set a safe moment and let somebody help you talk to each other. It can make all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in years like that, where things are tough and it's been headbutting, maybe in rebooting the academic year, you just pull everything way back and do some really basic courses like what's the easiest way to get some electives out of the way and then you know build some more of the rigor back in next spring or next fall good stuff so hopefully your year is going beautifully your semester is rocking along and you are on top of the world mm. when you're listening to this mm-hmm. but if perchance it's not going the way you thought it was going to and the way that you hoped that it would well, our hope is that you picked up some ideas, some practical suggestions of ways to reboot, ways to reevaluate the goals that you've already set, and ways to communicate and to build relationships. Because one of the beautiful things about homeschooling high school is that time available to you to work on relationships. And you will never regret that. When you look back, you will never regret time and energy that you invested in building loving relationships with your teenagers. Oh, so true. Could, could I jump in one other thing? Please do. If things have fallen apart and it's being a tough fall, you are not a failure and neither are your kids. Mm. And that, that word failure does not belong to God's children. Amen. That's right. Forgive and pray and just reboot. Mm-hmm. That's a great note to end on, Vicki. Thank you. So true. So be encouraged, Seventh Sisters. And if you need more encouragement and practical ideas, your homeschooling big sisters have that available for you at other episodes of the Homeschool High School podcast or on the blog at sevensistershomeschool.com or in our Facebook group or our Instagram. It's where any, anywhere that you find Seven Sisters Homeschool, you're going to find encouragement. Uh, we don't mom shame. There's, there's no place for that. And our goal is to encourage you on this journey. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of it and for joining us for today's episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.